0: So, make sure that your goals that determine your success are tied to how consistent you are. And yes, still track your weight, like, still see if you're trending in the right direction, but also track your measurements. Maybe take some photos, like, have more than one data point to determine your ultimate success. I am so glad you are here. Welcome to the Real and Uplifted podcast with Dorothy. I'm your host, walking you through all things real and unfiltered about being a woman, a mom, a wife, a business owner, reaching your fitness and health goals, whether it is losing weight, gaining muscle, or just feeling your healthiest and best in your body, as well as everything in between. Here to inspire you to make life just a little easier so you can live your dreams and feel uplifted one episode at a time. So let's get started. Welcome to today's episode. If you are done with bad diets, with losing a little weight only to regain it with 1200 calories, with thinking you have to starve yourself or outrun yourself to hit your goals, today's episode is for you. The three biggest mistakes that are keeping you from losing weight, the shifts you need to make, why this is your year to make these changes, to get the results you've been desiring, and to go into the following year feeling better than ever. First, I want to say there is no shame in having made these mistakes. I have done all of these things. Some really well-meaning influencers, you may see these things there too, but ultimately they are keeping you stuck. So the first mistake that so many women are guilty of is making your weight loss goals based on losing a certain amount of weight each week, each month, this year. There's nothing wrong with putting the vision out there, having sort of a long-term goal, but your weight on the scale is going to go up and down. You've got to look for trends over time. You've got to realize that Your weight changes so much, even throughout the day, that no one weigh in is really linked to your ultimate success. Because often we set our weight loss goals. We'll be like, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds this month. So I need to lose at least three pounds a week. And one, sometimes we also do really unrealistic goals. If you want to lose weight, have the big number in mind for women and majority of my listeners are women. Losing half a pound to a pound a week, maybe having some weeks where you drop two pounds, that is amazing. If you lost half a pound a week every week for a whole year, that'd be great. If you have more weight to lose, maybe you could lose more than half a pound a week, but we set these goals and then if we don't hit them, it feels like we failed. And our mind, our body, like, we don't like feeling failure. So odds are you quit what you're doing. So you don't have to feel like a failure the following week. You want your goals that determine your success to be habit-based. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode on habits, so good. Go give that episode a listen. So, so make sure that your goals that determine your success are tied to how consistent you are. And yes, still track your weight, like still see if you're trending in the right direction, but also track your measurements. Maybe take some photos, like have more than one data point. Think about how your clothes are fitting to determine your ultimate success. I just don't want you to make that big mistake of putting all of your success, all of your eggs in one basket with it just being tied to how much weight you're losing. So that is a huge one because you will, like I said, So one of the biggest things that I think women end up quitting because they're not losing weight fast enough. They're constantly looking at the gap between how much weight they have lost and how much more they want to lose. So focus on your habits. Number two, thinking you deserve cheat meals or weekends don't count. If you've ever been like, oh, I've been so good this week. Like I deserve this on the weekend. The weekends make up like 25% of our month. And it's very easy to have your weekends be totally sabotaging your progress. You're not doing yourself any favors if you're killing yourself Monday through Thursday. And then you're basically like off the clock Thursday-ish through Sunday. So one, you deserve good food all the time. Cheat meals, we're only cheating on ourselves. Like one, just removing that connotation, good foods, bad foods, because sometimes then we tie it into like, oh, I'm being so bad. And even if we're saying it jokingly, our words, our thoughts have power. So food is food. Like, enjoy the food you want to enjoy. You're allowed to enjoy it any day. If you take off that pressure of like, I'm only allowed to enjoy this on the weekend, then odds are you're going to eat a lot less of it on the weekend. If you think weekends don't count, vacations don't count, you're lying to yourself. They do count. All your calories count. So. Choose wisely. And there's a difference between when you're really working towards a goal and you're staying more focused versus like, all right, right now I'm just working on maintenance and just feeling good. This isn't to say like you have to be regimented and always perfect with your eating. It's more losing that notion that you earned any foods or losing that notion that these foods are bad, so eating them is a cheat. Or I deserve this because I worked so hard this week you always deserve it. You also deserve a beautiful salad. You also deserve a walk on the beach. You also deserve to feel amazing in your body. Like you deserve a lot of things and food that doesn't align with your goals. If your goals are weight loss, just might not be one of them. I feel like you deserve more than that. Let's take ourselves to where we really want to be with what we deserve and ditch this notion of Cheat meals. If there's food that you're like, okay, this is only a sometimes food, that's okay. That's totally fine. Like, this isn't something I'm going to eat every day. This is a sometimes special occasion food. That's fine. But just don't get into that routine of just going so hard during the week and then undoing all of your progress on the weekend. Because a lot of the women who I know do this will say things to me like, I'm trying everything, but I just can't seem to lose the weight. And one client that I talked to, I talked to a few times and, you know, she was doing Peloton and felt like she was eating really healthy. And the first time we talked, I was actually like, all right, well, it sounds like just keep doing what you're doing. And if it's still not working, like we can work together and see what's really going on. And then she came back and she's like, okay, I'm still at the same place. So we work together by working together and moving into more of a reflective state and like really looking at and having someone else have a second pair of eyes supporting her and what she was doing. She's like, oh my gosh, I am totally sabotaging myself on the weekends. Even if I've lost a little weight, then the weekends come and I gain it all back. And sometimes my weekends can actually last for months if I'm being honest. So if you feel like you're trying everything, but you're not getting results," odds are you haven't been as consistent as you need to be. And you might be when you feel like you're trying everything being too extreme. So finding that balance is so important to getting results. The third biggest mistake I see women making is waiting. They wait for the perfect opportunity. They wait for the right time. They're unwilling to accept that small actions might be better than nothing. They're overcomplicating it. They're well, but how many grams of fat and how many you know, carbohydrates do I need instead of just looking at calories and protein or they're overcomplicating it thinking like, oh, I got a prep for the week and I didn't prep so I didn't have food and then I just ate this bag of chips instead of being like, all right, I bought a bag of salad and it was better than that bag of chips or something small that moves you in the right direction, becoming the sort of person who does the small things Makes it easier to be the person who does the big things too. I often think about this with cleaning my house. And right now, in particular, like there are a few projects that I would like to work on and get sorted in my bathroom, in my closet. I need to go through and like get rid of some clothes with my kids' toys. And it's hard because I have all these things and I'm like, well, which one do I do first? Like, what would, and just choose one. And I know this isn't easy. But like, just choose one and do it. Just grab a trash bag and go up to the bathroom and start throwing away the old products that you never used and are never going to use. And then once you get that momentum going, it's going to be easier to like get through the bathroom. And maybe I'll have to work up the energy before I can like do the kids toys. Or maybe it's like doing a round of toys, like, and then taking a break and then doing the next round. But something is always better than nothing. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Maybe it's just vacuuming the dog hair off the floor. I don't know. So small actions towards your goals, going for the five minute walk, grabbing an apple for the snack, having a water bottle that's constantly filled, signing up for workouts, scheduling your workouts on your calendar, just literally looking at your calendar and writing in like what days you're going to work out is a huge win. So a five-minute action, if I already give you any advice, it's choose a five-minute action and just do that five-minute action. When you're feeling stuck, say, what can I do that's only five minutes long? That's going to move me closer to my goal. If you're hungry, maybe it's cutting yourself a piece of fruit. If you haven't moved in a while, maybe it's standing up and just going around the block. Don't discount these small things to take bigger actions. And of course, if you found this episode helpful, I would love it if you shared with a friend, family, on social media, and I will talk to you soon. But before we go, something I am loving, a result of my kids' Secret Santa exchange through soccer that I organized. And one, back when I was in high school and on a dance team, we did Secret Santa. So I sort of assume like maybe sometime in people's lives, they've done Secret Santas but i think maybe that's not the norm not everyone has so anyway when i first sent out to soccer to do secret santa and then was like okay so just bring us something small these two days of practice and then at the reveal like something bigger still under 20 bucks and people were like but wait that means the girls are going to get different gifts what if people feel bad why don't why not just one day we just bring one thing from everyone and then the secret santa happens on the last day and i was like all right like if we need to make it simpler Fine. Let's make it simpler. But then it just like wasn't sitting right with me. I wanted this to be like the fun of secret santa is thinking about someone else, trying to be sort of secretive, undercover about it and then also wondering and thinking about who you are and if you only get a gift, you could totally do it where you just get a gift on the last day, but I feel like it's more fun if there are some small things on the way, along the way before you guess and you're able to sort of guess who it is. So the next day, and I probably think about this way more, way more than I I really needed to. I was like, all right, I can simplify it more. One day's a small note, one day's a piece of candy for the first gift. And then the final gift is something $20 or less. And I thought to myself, the best case scenario here is like the girls have so much fun and it's amazing. And the worst case scenario is like maybe they're tears. Or their parents are going to think I'm crazy for this whole idea and trying to organize it. But honestly, that is the vibe I would like to take moving forward with my life. Honestly, best case scenario, this is an amazing experience. This is phenomenal. Worst case, there are tears and people think I'm crazy. And I would like to be the sort of person where, you know what? That's, That's a risk I'm willing to take for the amazing experience. So that resonates words to live by, best case, it's amazing, worst case, people think I'm crazy. Let it go. I can move on for that. Tears. I've survived all the worst days so far. So I hope you enjoy that sentiment and I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to The Real and Uplifted Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening. And as always, if you especially enjoyed this episode, leaving a review or sharing with a friend is the kindest way to pass this on and uplift others. If you're curious about anything from today's episode and ready to move closer to your goals, make sure you check the show notes for some fun bonuses and to continue the conversation, shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook at Dorothy McGatlin. Talk to you soon.